This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution. That will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. It's another beautiful day for baseball in Los Angeles. Baseball podcast. Josh Schaefer and Blake Harris cover everything Dodgers right here on Inside the Ravine. How's it going, everyone? And welcome to a brand new episode of Inside the Ravine. Joining me after a quick wardrobe change is my co host, Josh Schaefer. I'm your host for the evening, Blake Harris. Josh, we came to the realization that every time we record an episode, you're either in the Ontario Rain offices, where you're wearing something, you know, because you're in the facility, Ontario Rain, or when you record in your apartment, usually it's because you're coming home from work, where you're still wearing your Ontario Rain shirt. So we decided to uh, switch things up today. So maybe for the first time ever, you're rocking something other than Ontario rain gear, but the backup choice is uh, the least bit surprising. Yeah, no, I've got I've got a new. I actually got this over the holidays. It's my new USC shirt. I I grew up a USC football fan. Obviously, you and I both went to Arizona State. And let me just say that um, you know signing day, uh, the Valley has officially been activated. Um, I don't know if you if you can think of all of the different things that you can activate Blake none of them are more activated than the valley right now because Arizona no. state is buzzing but i did grow up a usc fan um and uh, i realized that i don't i don't have any usc shirts anymore as shocking as that might sound um but i don't have any so for christmas i thought um i i'd love to get a usc shirt and there is was a shocking number of sh- lack of shirts that just said usc football or something we got this little fight on shirt, and I think this might be the first time I've ever worn it. So inside the ravine, baby. Here we, had to come go. out of the had to come out of the closet at some time, but yes, uh, activate the valley or whatever it was you said. ASU. I went to bed last night thinking this is going to be a three win team, and now I'm going to go to bed tonight thinking, you know what? This could be a five win team, maybe a six win team. Josh, we two could years? go bowling in two years. Fifteen in two years. But uh, so if ASU is going bowling, Josh, I, w- I want to transition this really quickly as we're talking about bowling, because this is something that you just brought up right before we started the show, and it's something that had to be discussed. Now, this weekend is FanFest. A lot of people are going to be going. A lot of people are going to be excited to meet all of their favorite Dodgers players. But unfortunately, Josh, one player that will not be in attendance is Mookie Betts. Now, Nothing serious came up, not getting surgery, not getting anything. But Josh, can you explain to the listeners out there why they, should, uh, why they shouldn't be too concerned that Mookie Betts will not be attending FanFest this weekend? 
Yeah, so Mookie is uh, in Indianapolis um, participating in the uh, U.S. Open for bowling. Which um, apparently is a thing. It is, in fact, Also, a how, thing. how many U.S. Opens are there? I know we got the one for golf. golf we got, I think, one for tennis. tennis. There's a surfing one out here. Yes, there is. There is a surfing one. Apparently, there's one for bowling. I'm sure that there's probably, you know, you know, croquet. Yeah, um, maybe. Badminton. Polo. Maybe has one, the Polo U.S. Open. Yes, um, I think I think there actually is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I I don't know. There's got to be at least six, um, at least six in like legitimate sports. Um, but uh, yeah, so he's he's competing in in the U.S. Open for bowling right now. Um, I'm trying to get uh, I'm trying to get uh, an update. Um, on on how he's been faring but as of last night apparently he was tied with number the number one bowler in the world um which is ridiculous um but yeah so i guess that's kind of what's going on right now with uh with with mookie bets um so uh i I don't know i i heard that the dodgers i'm actually just finding this out um (laughs) i i just found this on twitter so i'm gonna Take this with a grain of salt, but I do want to read that I've seen this on Twitter from multiple on, from multiple different people. It's an email from the Dodgers that says you're receiving this email because you purchased a meet and greet package with Mookie Betts on Saturday, February fourth at the Dodgers Fan Fest. Due to a personal scheduling conflict, Mookie is now unavailable to attend. We apologize for any inconvenience this may have caused. So, um, so Mookie's not going to be there because he's too busy. Um, bowling strikes instead of swinging at him. So um, Mookie, apparently he was tied with number one in the world yesterday. I have no further updates. I am not a bowling reporter, but um, the shirt is good. The shirt that he's got on in this photo is good. It's like a black shirt with like a collar. So it's your typical bowling shirt. And it's got like gray stripes across and then a thick red stripe in the middle. And on the back in cursive, it says Mookie bets. So Dude's looking I'm st- good. <laughs> I'm still laughing. We need to like copyright or trademark that. Uh, that you just said he's bowling strikes instead of swinging at them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know what? Uh, Inside the Ravine Twitter's tweeting it mid-show. There you go. So mid-show. Mookie bets he's bowling. I mean, he's like on record saying essentially. I think like once he retires from baseball. He, like, wants to pursue bowling full-time. And the fact that he's... It's one thing to have, like, a hobby like this. I mean, we see it all the time with professional athletes where they're really good at golf, they're really good at these other sports. But Mookie Betts is literally elite at bowling. Like, if he were to retire from baseball today and pursue the, what, MLB, the Major League Bowling? Like, I don't know what the uh, official title is, but he would probably be one of the best bowlers in the major league of bowling or whatever, you know, league it is that I'm sure is on ESPN, ESPN 8, the Ocho, uh, every year or so. But, uh, Mookie Betts, hey, let's hopefully he, uh, qualifies and wins the U.S. Open for bowling. Yes. So it just goes to show he's, he can do it all. The dude can literally do it all. So enough bowling talk, Josh. Let's uh, talk about the latest. I mean, maybe. Here, here, here's your inside scoop on how our tweets are formulated. Um, okay. Like, what do you think? I'm saying confirmed in all caps. Mookie, Bet, Mookie Bet's bowls strikes. He doesn't take them. Or he there doesn't swing at them. What do you think? Doesn't take them? 
Doesn't take him. Well, does go. he take them? Because if he takes strike, if he doesn't take him, I guess he has a good eye and he's drawn a walk. But, but if, if he, he takes them, maybe it's a good eye. If he doesn't swing at strikes, it means he's chasing. Are there, can you poke holes in this? Because I think now... I don't know, man. Don't you know, know what? We're going for it. Go for it. All right, I'll transition. We don't, we don't have a social media person. We just go for it. Yeah, we do it all ourselves. Josh, will you get on that? Let me uh, pitch the show. Make sure to, guys, listen to the show wherever you guys get your podcast. We're on the Odyssey app because we are brought to you by Odyssey Sports. You guys can also listen to us on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. You guys can also follow the show on whatever social media app you prefer to use. We, you know, like to use the ball. We're on YouTube. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on TikTok. Just search Inside the Ravine. You'll find us there. You guys can uh, get all your clips, get all your full shows, get all that fun stuff over on social media. Again, whatever one you prefer, we're not going to direct you to one specific app. But, hey, if you want to follow us on all four, uh, we'll be okay with that as well. But, Josh, moving on to the latest Dodgers news. Well, it's going to be quick because, essentially, there is none. You know, the last time we recorded, we interviewed Ryan Pepia, which, by the way, make sure you guys go and uh, check that episode out if you guys haven't done so yet. There are so many clips from that interview, Josh. I'm still posting them on the socials because there were so many great moments from the show. So we're still posting clips from that interview that happened, I guess, technically two weeks ago, but also a week ago because of technical difficulties trying to record that. But no Dodger news really has happened over the course of the last couple of weeks. The Dodgers have signed a couple guys to minor league contracts, so maybe there are some guys that are going to, that are going to contribute at some point in 2023, but nothing really too major. I guess some good news is that yesterday, the Dodgers, I guess, avoided arbitration with Tony Gonsolin, agreed to a pretty, you know, team-friendly deal, two years for about $6 million. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, Josh, but it was something crazy, like the Dodgers filed for $3 million, Tony Gonsolin fired for, filed for like $3.3 million. I guess they met in the middle, they avoided arbitration, which is something you want to do if you're a team and a player, so Tony Gonsolin was an all-star last year, and you get him back for a nice whopping $3 million per season. Yeah, so Gonsolin, um, here's the official numbers. Gonsolin filed for uh, filed at three point four million. The Dodgers filed at three, and uh, obviously there were the ten um, arbitration eligible players for the Dodgers this season. Gonsolin was one of them. Um, so um, they kind of they kind of meet in the middle there, um, and instead of just kind of trying to avoid arbitration, just in the actual sense of the term um they made the exception for gonsolin to to make that multi-year deal um so the dodgers um do agree to terms so it's two years um it comes out to 6.65 million for the two years which if you go back and you look at the 3.4 for for tony three million for the dodgers that's 6.65 divide that by two that's literally right in the middle of 3.4 and three so that's where that number comes from so um I like that. I like that they're able to meet in the middle. Um, I think it's a, a perfect deal. And, and again, I mean, he he had a breakout year in in 2022. Um, he was an All Star. He went 16 and one, and and he was reliable for the Dodgers in the long run. So um, I think probably his worst performance of the year was the half inning in the All Star game, and that doesn't even really matter. And right. it's not like he was bad. He just gave a gave up a couple hits. So it's you, like. You know, and I think especially starting the year for the Dodgers, you know, there's not going to be a Walker Bueller to start. I think a lot of people have 
been circulating some questions about the Dodgers heading into spring training and heading into the season. Some of them warranted, some of them not. We'll talk about that later. But I think Gonsolin is a guy that the Dodgers can rely on um, for the most part. And, and, and I think that that's a, that's a big piece moving forward. Yeah, these arbitration cases are always kind of weird because obviously the teams, they're going to be on the cheaper side because they want to save as much money as they can, so you can't really blame the Dodgers. So Tony Gonson, like you said, I think he filed for 3.4. Dodgers filed for 3. Ultimately, they kind of meet in the middle. Again, I'm glad that they didn't actually go to a hearing over this because at the end of the day, going into a court and arguing in front of a judge why you're worth 3.4 while your own team argues why you're worth $3 million, that's just something you don't want to happen on both sides. I think it's ridiculous that something like this even happens. But these players, they got to get paid. The teams, they got to save money. So good thing both sides came to an agreement. Because like you said, I think there was like 10 players or something that were no problem. But this was the one that was kind of a little bit iffy. So much needed for Tony Gonsolin and the Dodgers. He was great last season. Like you said, aside from the one little blurb he had in the All-Star game, he was fantastic, and the Dodgers are going to rely on him much more again this season. But Josh, no, again, no more news to really get to, but something I want to talk about, and we can spend some time on this before you know we go to the Q&A for the second half of this episode, and that's the fact that you know we've kind of been talking about this during the offseason, but there just seems to be this just narrative that the Dodgers aren't going to be that good in 2023. They lost a lot of talent this offseason, guys like Trey Turner, Tyler Anderson, Justin Turner, and a bunch of other, you know, key contributors, and many people are just writing the Dodgers off for not just winning the World Series, winning the division, being a playoff team, and Freddie Freeman, he was at this event in Los Angeles yesterday, he spoke, gave a lengthy interview, but I clipped together a 45-second piece that I want to throw uh, on this right now so our listeners can hear because I thought he said something that was very important. It really stood out to me because uh, he's not wrong when uh, he spoke to reporters about this. The division, so uh, we retook it last year. Um, I think our team is very, very good. Um, yes, you, when you lose Trey Turner, that is uh, obviously everyone sees that, you know, and losing Trey and obviously losing Cody, um, who's been such a staple for this organization for a long time and obviously big red man Justin Turner um, just a special person uh, special player meant so much to the Dodgers organization um, but Boston's getting a good one they're gonna love him there just like we love him here still no matter what um, but yes I still love our team um, we got a really good one when you have Mookie Betts Will Smith Max Muncy JD Martinez and then you can just roll off our pitching it's it's I think we still got a really good team at this point yeah, so like Freddie Freeman said, the Dodgers still have a really good team. Maybe they're not going to be winning 111 games like this past season. Maybe they're not the current betting odds, you know, favorite to win the World Series. But this is a team that is capable of winning 95-plus games. And I believe as of right now is probably the favorite to win the NL West. Yeah, I mean, I just – he he said it perfectly too, I mean – Something that we had talked about on a former podcast or one of our recent podcasts was, sure, you lose a couple of those guys, but as Freddie pointed out, Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, Will Smith, and then all these other guys. I mean, again, Max Muncy and, and Chris Taylor are a year removed from having career years. Chris Taylor was an all-star. Like, one season has changed that. Maybe two seasons has changed that. But that doesn't mean and, – and it, you know what? I'm going to go back. But in the same breath, people have said, like, oh, but the Dodgers are losing Cody Bellinger. I'm like, you're right. You're right. 
But the players that the Dodgers have now have proven to be more consistent offensively and more reliable offensively than Cody Bellinger has the last three years. And Cody Bellinger's the one that's not here anymore. But he's right. You know, losing Trey Turner is a big one. Losing Justin Turner, who's meant, you know, everything to this organization these past 10 years. That's a big one. The guys that are still here are a lot of big ones. And every time we bring this up, I complete I completely forget to talk about the pitching. Like ev- everyone is coming back except for Walker Bueller, who's out injured with Tommy John surgery. Like, but other than that, like everybody is coming back. You could rattle off the entire pitching staff from starters to relievers, rattle off the whole bullpen. And that's a list that just bolsters this claim that the Dodgers are going to be right back in the thick of it again. And, you know, I don't really understand the whole narrative of, you know, it's going to be a down year for the Dodgers. Um, I'll be honest. Like, I think that the Padres being as good as they are and beating the Dodgers um, in the playoffs last year has, you know, it's played a huge role in that. And rightfully so, like, the Padres deserve the recognition that they've, you know, received. Um, they're, they went on a little bit of a run last year. Um, they beat the Dodgers in the NLDS by all means, like the Padres are a legit contender, but so are the Dodgers. And I think that right. losing a couple guys doesn't really change that. And again, you fill the void with a couple of those guys with a player like JD Martinez. And then it's about, I mean, remember the influx of prospects that the Dodgers had within the last couple of years, you know, Will Smith gets called up and Gavin Lux gets called up. And then kind of one by one, you have these other guys that, you know, Miguel Vargas, you know, makes a couple of cameos for the Dodgers. And obviously he played a lot, but for the most part, you know, not as much as I think we've seen guys like Will Smith and and Chris Taylor, obviously Chris Taylor, uh, Gavin Lux appear over the last couple of years. But it's because the Dodgers brought those prospects up and they stuck. Like, you remember when Corey Seager came up. You remember when Cody Bellinger came up. And then you remember when Smith and Lux came up. And these last, you know, year or two, it's kind of been prospect comes up and plays a little bit and that's kind of it, right? And Vargas stuck at the end of the season. But now I think it's that time again to bring these guys back up and give those guys that opportunity because we're at that point in their development. We're at that point with the spots that are available on the 40 man and on the major league roster. So that that's where we're at right now. And that's why you might see a couple of these younger guys come back up that people haven't seen in the big leagues before. And that's fine. That doesn't mean that the Dodgers aren't going to be a legitimate contender. It just means that those spots are available now and they haven't been the last couple of years. Yeah. So I, I just looked at the current odds and I don't have like the year by year what they've been in recent years, but this has to be the lowest the Dodgers odds have been to win the NL West in quite some time. They're currently a minus 140, whereas the Padres are a plus 140. And for those that aren't really too familiar with betting, minus 140 seems like really good odds for the Dodgers if you want to make some money. Because usually every year they're about like minus 250, minus 230, something crazy like that. So betting-wise... A lot of people think it's going to be a pretty close race. And Josh, it, when you think about last year, it's it's tough because they did win 111 games. So 99.6% chance they're not going to replicate that. But this is a team that could win 100 games. And yeah, you finish 11 games worse than you did the previous year, but you're still a 100-win team. It's, it's going to be so difficult for a lot of fans, especially, to really think that this is a very good team when they're not going to be on pace like they've been in years past. But when you take the current team, the way it's constructed, which, by the way, when I saw that clip of Freddie Freeman talking yesterday, this has happened to me, I think, three or four times this offseason, Josh. Maybe it's just me. 
do you keep forgetting about JD Martinez? Because every oh, yeah. time, every time I think about like the Dodgers lineup, I think about the Dodgers in 2023 for some reason. Maybe it's because it happened like the day before Justin Turner, I think, left for the Red Sox. It just was kind of forgotten about. But I completely forget that JD Martinez is going to be a solid bat in the middle of the lineup again. I I don't know if it's just me. But I, I keep forgetting. But, Josh, we're going to play a little fun game here. I don't have a name for the game because I just thought of it on the spot. But we're right. going to be comparing last year's team to this year's team. So it's kind of tough because you don't want to really pick and choose. But let's just start with Trey Turner. You lose him as your starting shortstop, obviously. One of the three or four best shortstops in all of baseball. You are going to be taking a huge, huge downgrade there. Whether it's Gavin Lux, you know, Miguel Rojas, Chris Taylor. Whoever's going to be playing there, they're going to be more than capable but it's going to be a downgrade at the position. Aside from that, Josh, I think for the most part, the Dodgers didn't necessarily take any hits all across the board, maybe with the exception of starting pitching by going from Tyler Anderson to Noah Syndergaard, because let's look at center field. You know, people think the Dodgers lost Cody Bellinger. It's a huge loss, but really... Is it that big of a loss? I mean, he's had one of the worst bats in baseball the last couple of years. Now you're going to platoon center field with Trace Thompson, who was fantastic last year. James Outman, who in a small sample size really showed out and in the minor leagues last year was fantastic. So maybe defensively you're taking a slight, slight, you know, just a slight downgrade. But offensively, you can only go up, I think, from here. Any production you're getting from Thompson, Outman, Chris Taylor, it's going to be better than what you got from Cody Bellinger this past season. I know Justin Turner spent a lot of time at third base, but he spent a lot of time as the designated hitter as well. I know in the second half, JT really turned things around, but I think a lot of people would agree J.D. Martinez is a much better bat compared to Justin Turner at this point in their career. So you're upgrading at that spot. You're getting Chris Taylor back, who missed a lot of time last year, had some numerous injuries, his worst season as a Dodger. He likely can't get any worse, so Chris Taylor's going to improve. And you also have Max Muncy, who in the first two-thirds of the season, he was, you know, god-awful. He was one of the worst hitters in all of baseball. Turned things around at the very end, but if the Dodgers were able to get the Max Muncy of old, it's like you're kind of adding the player as well. So you look at all these components, Josh. Again, they're not going to win 111 games, but I think a lot of people just aren't realizing how good this team can potentially be if all things click and come together. Yeah, I, I mean, you're right. And I think that there are um, some upgrades. But again, I mean, the Dodgers just need a guy like J.D. Martinez, wherever they decide to put him in, to be similar to what he did last year. Yeah. You know, all, all you all you need from him is to be consistent. Like, he's won a World Series. He's won multiple Silver Sluggers. He's a five-time All-Star. And last year, at the age of 34, um, he uh, – or uh, – at the age of, what is he? Yeah, 34, 35 this past year. He hit 275, had, you know, 62 RBIs or something like that. He only had 16 home runs. But remember, we talked about this before. Like, his extra base hits total, like, were there. Um, yeah. You know, he had, he had 36 doubles last year. Like, th- or, uh, or not last year. Um, sorry, that was his projected for this next year. He had 43 doubles last year. He had 42 the year before. Like the dude still hits the cover off the baseball. And you look at a guy like Justin Turner and the numbers are very, very similar. They're very similar. He had a few, you know, percentage points higher um, in terms of batting average, but a lot of those other numbers are there. Um, And if you really need him to be a DH, that's the guy who's going to fill that role. And again, and you look at somebody like Miguel Rojas, 
you just need the guy to hit the baseball a little bit because you're getting elite defensive play at shortstop now, which you didn't get with Trey Turner. Was he one of the most consistent and reliable and best hitters in baseball over the last five seasons? Absolutely. You're not going to get that replicated with anybody who plays short with anybody who bats in the same position in the lineup. Nobody's going to hit like that, but your defense is going to improve significantly. And that's no disrespect to Trey Turner. That's just the role that he played. He was a good shortstop and an elite hitter. Now the Dodgers are going to have somebody who they just need to be fairly reliable at the plate. And you're going to have an elite defensive player. So, I mean, you can kind of, you know, look at it however you want. And, you know, the Dodgers the last couple of years have been an explosive offensive team. Um, but maybe they still have that somewhere in them this year. They might not score as many home runs as they have the last or score as many runs as they have the last couple of years or hit as many home runs. But, you know, I, I think that maybe the identity changes a little bit, but not that much. Like right. the core of the team, for the most part, is still there. Like Justin Turner's gone. Sure. But it's really not that different. Yeah. And like you said, I think we talked about that in one of our previous episodes. Defensively at shortstop, you're getting a massive upgrade by having Rojas out there. And if he hits league average, that's something that you'll take for the Dodgers. And the thing with L.A. is, you know, we talk about Miguel Vargas, James Outman, you know, Michael Bush, who we'll just make sure to mention on every episode. But the the Dodgers have so many of these rookies where we haven't seen much from them. We haven't seen much of a sample size but if they contribute, if they live up to potential, the Dodgers are going to have another wave of young talent that is going to be insanely good, that is really going to help the Dodgers. And again, just talking now about the pitching, yeah, you lose Tyler Anderson, yeah, you lose Andrew Heaney, Clayton Kershaw's coming back, you have Julio Urias, Dustin May's going to be healthy for the first time in a couple of years, Tony Gonsolin, we talked about him earlier in the episode, was an all-star this past season. Noah Syndergaard, you know, he's going to be replacing Tyler Anderson. He's shown in the past he's capable of being an all-star caliber pitcher. And then you go to the Dodgers bullpen. I know Blake Trinan, I think, is going to miss time again because he got surgery. So I don't know what his ETA is. But you're going to have Daniel Hudson back, who's probably going to be seeing a solid amount of action as your closer. Evan Phillips, Yancy Almonte, you know, Alex Vesia. I'm going down the list. Shelby Miller, he's going to be a project. The Dodgers have the pitching, you know, is it as good as last year? That remains to be seen. But when looking at this team top to bottom, I still think that they should be the favorite to win the NL West. And Josh, we've done all this while without mentioning Boogie Betts, who is still one of the five to 10 best players in all of baseball. Freddie Freeman, who is one of the five best hitters in all of baseball. Will Smith, who's one of the best catchers in all of baseball. So it really is incredible how it just seems like there are so many, just maybe it's just on Twitter, just Twitter's, you know, the best and worst place to be. But <laughs> so many people seem to be writing this off this Dodger team, and I don't know why, but I kind of like that they might be entering this season with kind of this underdog mentality. And I think that's honestly something that's been missing the last couple of years from them, because especially this past October, we talked about this numerous times, Watching that Dodger-Padre series, a Padre hitter would draw a walk. And everyone would be out of the dugout. They'd be going nuts. The Dodgers team, they just seemed lifeless. They seemed like, okay, we're the team that should be winning, so we're just going to go about our business. But again, when you look at that Dodger 2020 run, every every play, every moment, they were out of the dugout. They were going nuts. That team was just fired up at all times. So maybe by 
being an underdog kind of a team. And again, it's really dumb to say they're an underdog when they're favorites to win the division and their win projection is probably like 95. But I think maybe entering the season for the first time in who knows how long of not being the World Series favorite, maybe that's going to benefit the Dodgers. Maybe that's something that's going to, you know, give them a chip on their shoulder. Maybe, like you said, you know, earlier in the earlier in the episode, playing meaningful baseball in September, something like that. So I kind of like this. I think it's going to be good for the Dodgers, and we'll see what happens uh, in 2023 because I don't think I'd be surprised if they win 100 games. But I also wouldn't be surprised if, you know, they may, they maybe win 88 games this year. Yeah, and I think that that's a good mentality for them to have going in. And you've got that that sense of, you know, take care of business, know what you're capable of, but also kind of have that, you know, optimism about the season too. And that that chip on your shoulder, which I think the Dodgers are probably going to have after last year or everyone wrote them off as, you know, the clear-cut World Series favorite and then a couple of months later wrote them off as being done. You know, right. so so I think that that's a good mentality for them to have moving forward. So it's going to be a fun season for 2023. The uh, underdog Dodgers who are projected to win the division. But we're going to take a quick break and we come back, Josh. We're going to wrap up this episode with questions from the listeners. OK, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, we are back. Josh, it's time to uh, wrap up the show. We are going to be answering questions from the listeners. And as always, we turn to social media to have you guys ask us your questions. So if you would like to ask a question for a future episode, make sure to follow us on social media, specifically on Twitter and on Instagram at Inside the Ravine. So that way, whenever we post about it, you guys can uh, let us know your questions. Josh, I'm going to turn things over to Twitter First and foremost, right now, Mookie season wants to know, and we kind of just talked about this, but I guess I'll kind of rework this question a little because uh, they want to know, should we be worried next year due to all the holes in the field? So we've talked about this numerous times about how still kind of questionable when it comes to where you're going to put guys. So as of right now, Josh, February 1st, literally less than two months away from opening day. One being you're not concerned at all. Ten being you are absolutely terrified. Where would your worry meter be uh, for right now when it comes to where you're going to put guys in the field? I'm really not that concerned at all. And I think for me personally, I think I'm a little bit hesitant to really go one way or another. Um, so I'm, I'll go I'll go five right down the middle. I hope that's not a cop-out answer, but it's just too... I'm more optimistic than anything. Like I'm, I'm interested to see how it shakes out, but I'm not really worried about any, you know, holes necessarily, but I'm also not going to sit here and be like, nah, we're fine. Like we're, we're, we're fine with what we're seeing now. Like we don't need the Dodgers to do this, 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 or that. Like I'm, I'm going to be cautiously optimistic. Um, so, so I'm going to go right down the middle. Yeah. I'm going to go with like a two because honestly it's no different than it was last year with the exception of, defensively you're upgrading at shortstop because second base is going to be some sort of combo of what Gavin Lux, Max Muncy, Miguel Vargas, Chris Taylor, 
third base, essentially the same thing. So that's what it was last year. And again, you're upgrading at shortstop. So I, I'm not necessarily worried whatsoever. I think, you know, they're going to be just fine. Uh, this next question comes from Scotty. It's a two-parter, Josh. We love two-parters. Yes. Which Dodger will bounce back from a down year last year? And which one who played well last year is going to regress this season? That's a that's a good question. Uh, I'm going to take Max Muncy to bounce back. Um, I know that we've talked about this before and about how, um, you know, he started to get things going a little bit at certain parts of the season. But for the most part, he wasn't there last year. He hit 196 overall, um, still hit 21 home runs. So I'll give him that. Like the power is obviously still there. He's going to rack right. up the home runs. He's going to rack up the RBIs. But he was so inconsistent last year. I think he's more consistent this year. I think he goes back to kind of that that 2020 pace when obviously it, it was the shorter season, which I think now is something that we definitely have to kind of you know look back and acknowledge. But you know these last two seasons, um, back in not even not even 2020, but in 2019 and 2021, is two All Star seasons. Um, not only was he just hammering the baseball but you know he he had a pretty decent average um uh he was he was above league average um he was more consistent at the plate and if you look back at some of his past seasons like 2022 2020 it, like it the, the average and and the and the the war just weren't really there the ops they, they, just, they just weren't there but his two all-star seasons um were two really big years i would anticipate something a little bit more at least that's what i'm going to expect um from muncie um for the Dodgers, something that I I want to say this was two episodes ago, and I said that I was expecting big things from Gavin Lux. Um, I, I think I'm going to temper my expectations a little bit, not a ton. I think that he's going to be a very reliable player for the Dodgers this year. But for the sake of answering the question, I think if I would pick a player to regress a little bit, I think maybe I would pick Gavin Lux just because I thought he was super reliable last year. In the past, it was kind of like, you know, runner on third, two outs in a big inning and Gavin Lux was coming up, you'd be like, all right, like whatever. But then this past year it was Gavin Lux getting a hit. Um, so I think that we had a lot more confidence watching a player like him come up to the plate in big situations. Um, I So I think he maybe regresses a little bit just for the sake of answering this question, but obviously I could totally see him have a career year. I, I, it's really, for me, it's going one way or the other. Right. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say for the first part, Max Muncy seems like an easy one, but since you took it, I'll go a different direction. I think Chris Taylor is a good candidate to bounce back. I mean, again, he was pretty, pretty bad last season. He had a number of just different injuries and really just didn't impact the Dodgers in any way. And this is a guy, when he's right, I think he's, you know, one of the more underrated players in all of baseball. So if the Dodgers were able to get Chris Taylor to bounce back, you know, doesn't have to be an all-star like he was a couple of years ago, but if he can be an above-average hitter, get those strikeout numbers down literally 5%, we'll, we'll take that at this rate because I think he had the highest striker rate in baseball last year. So if he can get that down just a little bit, if he can stay healthy because he provides so much defensive versatility for the Dodgers, you know, you could put him literally anywhere you want. I think it'll be huge for them. And then when it comes to regressing, maybe like a Trace Thompson, just because he did have that stretch where he was just like the best hitter on the Dodgers. Like the numbers he was putting up were insane. Then he kind of came back down to earth in the final month and the postseason didn't really do anything at all. So uh, I think for Trace Thompson, maybe people need to kind of limit their expectations just a little because he was so good. But if he's still able to, you know, 
hit 10, 15 home runs, play solid defense in the outfield, and, you know, post a slightly above league average OPS, I think the Dodgers will take that. But I don't think, because at one point, I think he had like an OPS of like a thousand with the Dodgers in his first like month and a half. He was absolutely out of this world. But Josh, we're going to move now to Instagram, get some of these questions up right now. 55JA Evans, who do you predict will be closing games for the Dodgers to start the season? So Josh, let's say it's game one against the D-backs, which, by the way, opening day is at 7 p.m., which cool. should be a crime. Opening day should be a day game. Like, Agreed. Yeah, you cannot have a 7 p.m. game, but let's say it's opening day against the D-backs. Dodgers are up 4-2 to two in the ninth. Uh, Julio just gave you seven innings. Let's say Julio gave you eight innings because that'll help with the question. Everyone's available. Who, uh, who are you going to out of the pen in the ninth inning? Well, for me, I think at some point, you're going to want Trinan, I think, maybe in that situation. But for me right now, um, going on Evan Phillips. I mean, this is kind of the question that we had in the in in you know the postseason as well. So that's that's who I would take, and I think that that's that, that's an easy pick for me. Yeah, I'm sure once spring training rolls around, Dave starts talking with the media. I'm sure we'll get our answer as to what's going to happen with the closer role. If I were to guess, I think it's probably going to be a closer by committee this season. Something I've personally been in favor of the last couple of years because I think you want to have your best guys for the best matchups. You don't want to lock a guy in for the ninth inning. So I think it could be a plethora of guys. But I'm with you. I think it's going to be either Evan Phillips or I'm going to go with another guy. You know, I mentioned earlier in this episode, he's kind of the forgotten guy just because he got hurt last year midway through the season. But Daniel Hudson was insanely good for the Dodgers last season. Again, it's easy for people to forget about him because he got hurt, I think, in June or so, I want to say. But at the time, he was one of the Dodgers' best relievers, and his injury certainly hurt the bullpen going down to the final wire, especially in the postseason. Dodgers could have used him. So I'm going to go with Daniel Hudson or Evan Phillips as the first save of the season. That should be like one of those prop bets, like who gets the first Dodger save of the season because it can be... A number of guys, you know, Alex Vesia, Yancy Almonte, Trinan. Again, I, I'm pretty sure Trinan's out for like at least the first half of the season. Yeah. I think he got the surgery, which is still like no one really knows exactly what went down. But a lot of guys can be closing games for the Dodgers. But then again, we said that a year ago at this time, Josh. And then one day, about middle of March, <laughs> you get the text from me saying, what the heft did the Dodgers just do? And they acquired Craig Kimbrell for uh, A.J. Pollock. So... Until we see it, maybe a closer comes in. But as of right now, I want to go closer by committee. Josh, we have time for one more question. And this comes from my man, Ernie. I'm not going to try to say the last name. Carrillo. Man, my I'm, I'm very white, Josh. I, I, should, I, should get my girl, I should get my girlfriend to say that last name. Carrillo. Hopefully I said that right, Ernie. And uh, he's a bobblehead guy, Josh, just like yeah. me. But he wants to know, what is your favorite Dodgers bobblehead? And why? Now, I know it's probably a little easier for you to pick because uh, your collection's not as big, whereas mine is, not. Well, you know, mine. So if, if you're not able to answer it, Josh, we can make it a two-parter where you say, what is a Dodger bobblehead you would like to see them give away this year? No, I, I, my my favorite one for the longest time was the Kurt Gibson bobblehead and the bobble fist. Oh, um, yeah. So I had that. Um, that was the my favorite one that I had. I'll stick to the ones that I that I have. Um, then 
one that I thought was cool, but didn't think that I was going to like go to the game or anything um, was the Max Muncy get it out of the ocean one, which <laughs> you gave me. So um, I, I actually do have that one. Then that one was probably my favorite. Um, currently, my favorite one is my newest one, which is a game that I paid to go to last season specifically for the bobblehead. And it's the Kershaw with the World Series ring um, and the gold um, outline and fleck on the jerseys. That That's my favorite one. I put that one on the top. I'm looking at it right now. So I've got this, my second shelf on my on my bookcase is all bobbleheads. Um, and then the top shelf is more like memorable, like personal things, sports stuff. So I've got a Vin Scully one that's up there that I like. I've got a Bob Miller one from the LA Kings. Um, and then I've got um, the Kershaw one up there. So that's the only player that I have up there other than the two broadcasters. So, yeah, I mean, it is getting so difficult now for us bobblehead collectors because in the old days, Josh, I'm going to give you a little history lesson here, but in the good old days, in the early 2000s, they would give away only three bobbleheads per season. Then as the years started going on, they started giving away four, maybe five, kind of six. But it's at the point now where I think they've already announced like bobbleheads through June and there's like eight or nine or ten of them. Every year, the Dodgers are giving away 20, so I have probably over 100 behind me on my shelves. And I have a Google Doc with all the ones I don't have. And there's well over 100 that I don't have because the Dodgers are just giving away 20 every year. So it's too tough for me to figure out which one's my absolute favorite. There are two that I have that are like, I guess, personal favorites as a collector. There's a Tommy Lasorda one that I got of him wearing this suit. From I think it was given out at the 2006 World Series to, I guess, media members. They only made like 20 or 30 of them. So it's a very rare one that I was able to win in a raffle. And another one is a Bob Hope bobblehead of him wearing a Dodgers jersey that I guess was given away at the top deck 20 years ago. You know, they only made, I think, 500 of them. And apparently it's one of the more, I think it's actually the most rare Dodgers bobblehead out there. Uh, wow. It's, it's hard to find. I have one, and my dad has one, so there's only 500 of them out there, but between uh, the two Harrises, we have two, and uh, next episode, Josh, we're going to be recording, I'm going to be saying, yeah, my apartment is broken into, and my Pop Hope bobblehead is uh, is no more, but those are probably the two that are probably my, my most prized collector, my collections, yeah. but yeah, it's there's stuff you can, can't really tell, but I got way too many. Yeah, there's a lot it's, of them. It's going to suck. In it's going to suck whenever I have to move. I'm going to have to individually bubble wrap these up one by one. That's, have that's fun not going to that. be fun. Josh, I, I think you'll be over helping me do that. Because oh. that's, uh, that's what co-hosts are for, to do yeah. the things that we don't want to do. But now that we that live does, close by now. <laughs> that does wrap up this week's episode of Inside the Ravine. Again, if you guys want to ask us a question for a future episode, make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Inside the Ravine. You can also find us on TikTok at Inside the Ravine and on YouTube. Just go to YouTube and search Inside the Ravine. You guys can find the full episodes there. We are brought to you, as always, by Odyssey Sports. You can listen to us on the Odyssey app and on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you might get your podcasts. Again, if there's another app out there and you listen to us on there, hey, all the power to you. We appreciate it, Josh. Any uh, final words before we we head out for the week? Have a nice week. Thank you, Josh. You're welcome. 
Thank you. Well, as always, guys, thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. If you guys can give us a review, give us a five-star rating, give us a like, or whatever they ask you to do on the those apps you listen to, we would greatly appreciate it. really helps out the show. For Josh Schaefer, this has been Blake Harris. Thank you guys so much for listening, and enjoy the rest of your week, wherever you may be.